0: A week of joyous celebration ends in tragedy.
1: Gunfire, screams, as a horrifying reality set fans, including families,
2: running for their lives.
3: I'm absolutely terrified right now. And honestly, I don't think I could handle going back to another parade for this. Parades, rallies, schools, movies. It seems like almost nothing is safe. So
0: what now, and with the world watching, will it reshape how we do things in Kansas City from the fast approaching World Cup to the Royals' plans to build a new ballpark just blocks away?
4: Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlies Gourley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A., co-trustees. THE RESTAURANT AT 1900. AND BY VIEWERS LIKE YOU. THANK YOU. Welcome. I'm Nick Haynes.
0: What just happened? Pretty much the entire agenda for this week's show can be simply ripped up as we came to grips with a tragedy that's shaken many Kansas Cityans and projects an ugly image of our town just as we're trying to impress the world. I don't know how this show will unfold, but glad to have the experience of longtime newsman Dave Helling with us. Mary Sanchez was at the parade to report for our own newsroom. Brian Ellison tracks the region's top political issues for KCUR News and Pete Mundo, who's been trying to make sense of what seems to be so senseless to his listeners at Kansas City Talk radio station 95.7 FM KCMO. This should have been, of course, the most joyous week in Kansas City history. It certainly started that way.
3: Cheese <laughs> Viva Vegas!
0: But a storybook week is quickly turned upside down, and its final chapter
3: ends in horror. Gunfire, screams, as a horrifying reality set fans, including families,
2: running for their lives.
3: I'm absolutely terrified right now, and honestly, I don't think I could handle going back to another parade for this. It's not worth
4: my daughter's life.
3: Parades, rallies, schools, movies, it seems like almost nothing is safe.
0: Some of the scenes this week playing out just a few blocks from the studio we're sitting in. Mary Sanchez, I asked you Wednesday morning to go to the parade and report back to us what you found. This was certainly not what you were expecting to experience when you went there.
4: No, I was not expecting it. Although, you know, as any reporter, most people, you do think about, okay, what if? You know, I was speaking with the BBC earlier this morning to be interviewed from London about a tragedy here and have them carry Stacy Graves live as she's giving the update, that tells you what type of focus this brings. And yeah, I agree with everyone else. We're better than this, but we are also this. We do have high levels yeah, of I, I see violence. that line all the
0: time, this is not our Kansas City, but this is Kansas City, isn't it, Brian?
2: Well, it is, it is every city, Nick. It is uh, every city in the United States, at least. Uh, and this has continued to unfold. Uh, it is also Kansas City in the sense that we have an incredibly high homicide rate. Uh, and one of the realities of this event is that this one death is tragic but we have had one death every couple of days for the last several years, just perhaps not as prominently visible in the city as in front of Union Station with thousands of people. Now, all of this, of course, uh, Pete, is happening uh, when Kansas
0: City leaders are trying to project a vibrant image of this community to the world. Are these the pictures we wanted to see played out on every primetime network news show in the country?
3: erupted as shots rang out at
1: the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade today.
0: And this is how international viewers were seeing the tragedy unfold, this report from the BBC in London. They came to welcome their victors after a win in America's biggest sporting event, a celebration turns to chaos in the streets of Kansas City. Police tonight say two armed people have been taken into custody, as America's gun problem now haunts another mass event. How are people, you know, these are the same people we are expecting to come to our World Cup here in 2026. Soccer fans from England, France, Australia, Japan,
1: all watching these scenes. You know, time heals a lot of wounds. I don't think it'll necessarily have any impact on the World Cup. But I think, you know, you look at this and um, the last half decade, the Chiefs have been the crown jewel of this town. The underbelly has been the violent crime that still has not gotten under control. And in many ways, those two things clashed on Wednesday and we saw the best of Kansas City meet the worst of Kansas City, and the national story now is something that we've talked about in this show, on my show, at this desk for years, and now the world is seeing what Kansas City has dealt with now for far too long.
4: But the world has forever. That's one thing that it's really hard for, and I understand why, for Americans, North Americans to understand how the world views us, the rest of the world doesn't have gun laws like we have. They don't have gun access. They And frankly, they don't have the Western kind of romance history with it. Um, they have hunting, but not in the same way. It's just their perception of the US they're always hyper-focused on our gun violence because it doesn't happen elsewhere.
0: Brian, the governor of Missouri was right there on the stage, went into Union Station by a security staff right after that shooting was taking place. Many Missouri lawmakers, they had the day off. They canceled all sessions in the Missouri legislature in the Jefferson City for this event. They were there with their families. Uh, will this change in any way, gun policy, or any other laws in the state of Missouri?
2: Well, it doesn't seem like to at least for, likely to for, from at least the initial response. Representative Ashley Oni spoke on KCUR on Thursday morning, talked about huddling uh, in fear in a restroom inside Union Station. She came out calling for uh, revisiting the, the lax gun laws, some of the most lenient in the nation that Missouri has. Uh, House Speaker Dean Plocker was asked about it in a press conference Thursday morning. He actually abruptly ended the press conference after he was asked about it a couple of times uh, and said he didn't, that the, he wasn't going to talk about that. Uh, and he uh, Ashley Ani took to Twitter just after that to call him an expletive coward. Um, that's the tone that gun, uh, gun discussion has had in the Missouri legislature for many years. It doesn't seem likely to change even with this incident.
0: Do you see any change in gun laws in the state of Missouri as a result of this incident, Pete? And if not, what other solutions do you see happening as a result of this?
1: I do not. Um, first off, you know, as we sit here with this conversation right now, We don't even have the information to discuss what gun law changes what took place on Wednesday. Um, People have jumped on that. I understand everything gets political far too quickly. But we don't have the facts to discuss what gun law should be on the table. It is ludicrous to go there as of this conversation right now. Um, What will happen? What could happen? I mean, I I think you're going to see a hotly contested prosecutor's race this year in Jackson County that a lot of people are uh, pointing to as a potential thing that might at least help this on some level
0: one of the things about this pete mentioned it may not have implications for the world cup what about events coming up we have a saint patrick's parade coming up and i have to say here at our own station we do our celebration at the station event on memorial day weekend right at that very spot with the kansas city symphony at union station we have some crew members now saying they feel too traumatized to take part in
3: that event now right on thursday mayor quentin lucas said he did not expect that this event would change Kansas City's uh, willingness to engage in mass gatherings like this, Nick, I think he's wrong. I think today there are conversations all over the city about what do we do now when you have 600 police officers, which is half of the force, uh, on the ground at Union Station plus another 250, 300 uh, other uh, law enforcement agency personnel in the area and you still have this kind of incident, it's hard to see how you can have an event like the St. Patrick's Day Parade, or for that matter, the World Cup, if there's any mass gathering there, how you can have that and still expect people to show up. I think the people at the World Cup are looking and going, now what do we do? Do we alter our uh, approach again to mass gatherings or mass celebrations? Uh, We'll see. I will say one other thing, I don't think that this will change a thing about Missouri's gun laws because after uh, almost two dozen kids were slaughtered in Connecticut, nothing was done. And in fact, gun laws were loosened in this state and in parts of this country. If that massacre doesn't change the approach of people to the ubiquitousness of weaponry in our country nothing will nothing is going to get
0: paid. there was an interesting thought piece in the Kansas City Star your former newspaper this week about different gun laws but it talked about another gun law in Connecticut which has one of the strictest gun laws in the country New Haven Connecticut sort of double-digit increase in homicides last year spiking by almost 65 percent don't those who believe in gun rights point to those statistics that show even when there are loose gun or strict gun laws you can still see that violent crime right. increase uh, substantially. I would just,
3: the case I've made for years, Nick, is just because laws fail sometimes doesn't mean they're not important. We don't abandon DUI laws because some people still get drunk and drive. We try to uh, tweak them to make them more effective. And that would be the case in a normal world. But guns are not normal. You know, two of the uh, suspects in this case are juveniles. How kids get a hold of that stuff is a a scandal and a shame on our country. And uh, there is no willingness, uh, in my view,
4: politically to actually address it. Do we also have, yeah. I wanna know literally the full story. Who were these young people? How did they get the gun? Where was it originally purchased? How many hands did it go through? And we can do that. We have that type of technology to figure all of that out. And that's where you start to see some of the solutions. It, it's massive the impact and we do need to grasp this moment and not just say that it's just another shooting oh it's so bad that it happened but in you Kansas know we city. had
0: in 2019 the first Friday shooting a Johnson young yes. Johnson County woman was killed at the 1st Friday's event, very popular hugely crowded events similar issue there was a, a random gun incident she was just part of the a bystander right. uh, what really changed as a result of that
2: well uh, nothing changed legislatively you had city leaders calling for changes you had some uh, most. Democrats in the Missouri legislature calling for changes, but those don't go anywhere. What I what I think is true and where I uh, agree with Pete is that we don't know exactly what, what particular policy changes would have made a difference in this particular uh, incident. I think the, the real question, Nick, might be even bigger than what particular policy changes. It has to do with the American culture around guns. It has to do with the, the sheer quantity of guns that we feel are necessary to keep around. It has to do with, with people's hearts and whether they... They are willing to put the lives of people ahead of their need to have these weapons. And I think that is something that uh, goes even beyond the policy conversation. This event
0: didn't happen. This event didn't happen at the NFL draft. Yeah. That was an enclosed area. You had to go through an app. A lot of people criticized that at the time, though, Pete, that you had to go through that local businesses didn't get the amount of uh, money they wanted because they had to go to mm-hmm. approve vendors in the enclosed, gated site. But is that what it requires now for all these big public events that you're going to have to go? Uh, through a fenced area with your cell phone so we can identify you before you
1: can go in? I think we might very well see more of that in uh, not just Kansas City but in you know American public life in general look at what's happened over the last generation airports um, schools I mean we know that that is uh, par for the course now but I think we're all having this conversation looking at this and and talking about yes we have two minors who apparently possess these firearms which are ready when you look at state law and, and city ordinances they can't have. So I bring it back to, if we're gonna go into the policy route, there's a broader picture federally to have, but if we're gonna have the nuanced policy about Missouri, what are we adding? What are we adding in the wake of what just happened that we hope could prevent it from happening again? And it's too early to really tell. It's not about avoiding the conversation, it's just if we're gonna have that, then let's have it in a meaningful,
3: substantial way And no one here can do that right now. No one wants a meaningful conversation about guns. We've been going through, I've been a reporter for 45 years. And this has been an issue since John F. Kennedy was shot with a rifle in 1963. No one wants to really look at why there are 400 million weapons in this country. A lot of people agree with Pete that there's no law that would stop this as if laws stop anything from happening. Of course sometimes laws are broken. Laws may be broken in this uh, situation. The question is, why are we awash in dangerous weapons available easily to children and then wonder, gee, why were they fired off at a rally for the local football team? It's almost inevitable, and no one... No one in this country, Nick, in my experience, has really stopped to confront that issue and to try and prevent tragedies like this from happening.
1: Let's look at Kansas City. Uh, there's a crime problem in Kansas City, a violent crime problem.
3: The problem in Kansas City is really
1: in the Jackson County part of Kansas City. It is not in the Clay County. It is not in the Platte County. We have a shooting at Crown Center a month ago. Can anyone at this table name anyone who is charged in a shooting around innocent bystanders in Crown Center? I no was actually at an event
0: very recently no one's been charged. It, where there was a dinner conversation and most of the people at that conversation were from Kansas City had never even heard that there was a Crown Center shooting.
1: There you go. I mean, you have people right now who are shooting guns at Crown Center and no one has been charged a month after the fact.
0: Let's look at the, uh, the other implications of this because we're also in this very same week. This is happening. The, um, the Royals are announcing they're building a downtown ballpark within blocks of this happening. Uh, If you're saying that you have such a crime issue in a very certain, specific area of the city, uh, what does that do, if anything, uh, to the conversation about a downtown ballpark and people's appetites to go downtown, Brian?
2: Well, I'm not, I, I think it's very difficult to identify one of the locations in Jackson County over others as being more prone to gun violence. Uh, I, I mean, I think there's, there's lots of implications there. I do think, though, it affects very much the conversation about the sales tax vote in April and how the, the Royals and the Chiefs are going to be able to uh, sort of capitalize on the Chiefs' success uh, and enthusiasm for sports across this region, when the, the, the nation, the, the region's enthusiasm had was so severely dampened, and
3: appropriately so by what happened yesterday. Does it hurt the tax election? Anymore? Well, I think it has a major impact. Uh, in part because of what Brian is suggesting, which it really sort of, you know, this event. Uh, this tragedy, uh, sucks some of the air out of the campaign. Using footage of the parade to sell the tax is going to be problematic Yeah, we said that now. last week. They were going to be using all of this uh, campaign yes. and, footage. And, and yeah. and how does Patrick Mahomes cut a commercial now supporting the tax after the event at Union Station? I think it has a major impact. It will cause people to rethink the idea of a downtown stadium as opposed to Truman which is basically isolated and arguably safer. Although, let's be clear, there has been gunfire at Royal Stadium, Kauffman Stadium in the past. No place is immune. We sort of jumped ahead there
0: when we think about this downtown ballpark because the tragedy of this parade dominated the news cycle, eclipsing what was going to be the biggest announcement of the week. Finally, the Chiefs, put, uh, the Royals, rather, putting us out of our misery. They have picked their site. Where do they plan to build? Immediately south of T-Mobile Center on a stretch of land that includes the former Kansas City Stars
3: all-glass press pavilion building. And we're happy and excited to build that new home without costing taxpayers a penny more. In fact, the proposal voters will consider on April 2nd will be the exact same tax but a much better deal.
0: Now, this site had been rumored for weeks, Mary. I know we've heard from Dave Helling here talking about the challenges of this site, but what would be the biggest advantage of this location versus the others they would picked?
4: It depends on your perspective, but I think to um Power and Light, Cordish, it does not uh, create a competing entertainment district further to the east. It just helps them expand on everything that's already occurring there.
0: It's also going to be right next to that South Loop project, which is basically the highway lid that they'll place there and make it into an urban park. So you'll be able to basically cross from that stadium right to T-Mobile Center and the Power and Light District.
2: And also just two blocks from the streetcar line, uh, which makes it a lot more integrated into the city's transportation options, of course there are some downsides.
3: Just quickly, Nick. The cover over I-670 is not the one that's been discussed to date. That one goes farther to the west, next to the Lowe's Hotel. This cover would be a new proposal that would need to be funded somewhere. And the Royals were utterly unclear on who's going to pay for that at the news conference.
0: Contrary to what Dave Helling said, though, Pete, you said this week, because Patrick Mahomes said he, he, on Twitter, boy, I'm excited about this. I can't wait. A sort of endorsement from him for this. And you said that was a slam dunk that this would now pass.
1: Well, that was, you know, that before was the tragedy. I mean, and listen, this is now. I still think um, the money in this town is going to be behind this. We know that. The unions, they're going to run advertising around it. Um, and it's a tax extension, of course, not an increase that will appeal to some people. Uh, but I think to the point of some of the colleagues here. um, There's some very good points being made about, first off, people in Eastern Jack saying, hey, I like Kauffman Stadium. You also have people maybe in the urban core saying, I like the East Village better. And now you have the Crossroads folks. Some of them are not happy about potentially losing their coffee shops, their breweries, and eminent domain taking place, or at least sales uh, between building owners and the Royals. So uh, in a weird way, you could potentially have progressive leaning folks downtown coming together with conservative leading folks in the eastern part of the county to stop this thing. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's possible.
2: Yeah, I, I think the most, the most vehement opposition in the, the few days since this announcement was made has come from the crossroads, from business owners, many of whom don't own the buildings that would be sold to the royals, Uh, who who object to this and don't know what their future might hold. I think the case that the royals have to make to overcome that opposition, or to, to win those folks over if that's possible, is to say that they're tending to the needs of those businesses, to attend to what the positive impact on the community and the environment that has been created in Crossroads, which has seen itself as an arts district, not perhaps as a sports or entertainment district, and how how that will integrate and how those businesses might be taken care of. I don't know if that can happen. I don't know if the Royals intend to make that case, but I think that's the difference between the opposition we're seeing now and actual success for this
0: project. Okay, there were two little factoids that I thought was interesting from the press conference this week. First of all was that the Royals, uh, this new stadium would be 34,000. Seats. I always thought you know, this is gonna be a lot smaller. This is only gonna be about 4,000 seats smaller than the current stadium So not a huge change there and this line the Royals would buy the property and give it to Jackson County Which would then own the stadium. What do we to think about that
3: well, Dave? A couple of things first the Royals Contribution to this project will include the purchase of those properties. They'll add up the value and say hey We put X amount into it uh, one of the things I talked about this week is uh, if the royals, if the stadium is to be owned by Jackson County, why do the Royals get to pick the builder and architect? It should be the people of Jackson County who are building this stadium with their own tax dollars. Uh, that isn't clear and the Royals' contribution isn't clear and the state's contribution isn't clear. Just one quick point. I think if this is to pass, the chiefs need to become much more actively involved in the campaign. We've got about six and a half weeks to go. They need to be front and center. And that's why the event at Union Station has an impact, because it makes it harder for the chiefs to step forward now and say, hey, forget all that that happened at the parade. Let's talk about what we want to do at uh, the sports complex. That's a tough, tough pivot. Now, many
0: people are asking what happens if the tax fails. We now have an answer. Independence now making a bid
1: for the team. (laughs) I believe. PEOPLE IN EASTERN JACKSON COUNTY WOULD RATHER WATCH BASEBALL IN INDEPENDENCE THAN RATHER WATCH THE ROYALS IN NASHVILLE.
0: THAT'S INDEPENDENCE MAYOR RORY Rowland, WHO IS PROMISING A SITE uh, ON OR NEXT TO INDEPENDENCE CENTER MALL WHICH IS CURRENTLY ON THE MARKET. IS THERE ANY EVIDENCE, PETE, THEY WOULD ENTERTAIN A MOVE TO INDEPENDENCE?
1: Uh, NO. Um, MY BACKYARD MIGHT BE A GOOD SPOT, TOO. YOU KNOW, IT'S PROBABLY NOT BIG ENOUGH, BUT, uh, YOU KNOW, NO, I, I MEAN, YOU KNOW, IT TAKES months to get these, you know, they got to do soil studies, they got to have architecture, you know, work done. There's just no way to start from scratch. Unless maybe it fails, they got to readdress it, go back next year, and try to get on the ballot again because they're not going to do it in August or November during a presidential year, but I don't see any way.
0: So you're not seeing the Independence Mall site potentially for a new Royals ballpark if this vote fails in April? It's 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 okay to be
4: fashionably late. It's never (laughs) good to be that
0: late to the party. Okay, we had a lot of things on our agenda this week which we simply couldn't get to as the events so certainly changed during the course of the week. But when you put a program like this together every week, Of course, you can't get to all of those stories grabbing the headlines. What was the big local story we missed? In a local story making international news, a Kansas City mother is charged with killing her one-month-old baby after placing the infant in a heated oven. She told police she mistook the oven for the child's crib. Fresh from this week's big stadium announcement, the Royals are now in Surprise, Arizona for the start of spring training. In statehouse news, Missouri lawmakers try to block Kansas City's new income discrimination law. Chris Kobach is back in the news. This week, the Kansas Attorney General wants to follow Alabama's lead and begin hydrogen gas executions in the Sunflower State. Kansas hasn't executed a single inmate since the death penalty was reinstated in 1994. We know school superintendents have a short lifespan, but this week Shawnee Mission picks its third school leader in three years. Remember the outrage over that stolen Jackie Robinson statue in Kansas? An arrest has been made, but according to Wichita police, it wasn't a hate crime after all. They say it was a financial crime. The police chief says the man now charged with the crime was trying to make money off of the scrap metal. Is Travis Kelsey's next stop Hollywood? The chief star gets his first executive producer credit for a new movie starring Ed Harris and Morgan Freeman. Okay, some of the stories happening this week that we simply didn't get to, but did you pick one of those stories, Brian, or something completely different? Uh,
2: I did pick something different. The Missouri legislature did move forward, the Senate moved forward, in considering the proposals to reform the initiative petition process. It was filibustered by Democrats, and then the recess because of the the chief's parade uh, put it off for the rest of the week, but rest assured, it will be back. Even after all the conflict and hubbub of Republicans fighting with one another in the Missouri Senate, this proposal is going to move forward. And it's a proposal that would profoundly change the way democracy and citizen initiatives play out in the state of Missouri.
0: I, I did see one story, one line, I thought was interested in this. It said, in the Missouri Senate, not one bill
2: had passed in the six weeks the session has been on. Was that a typo, Brian? But, that is not a typo. There has been significant conflict in the Missouri Senate, but, but the logjam may break when they come back.
4: Mary. You know, it, it will full circle back a little bit to where we started, but I would like to give a shout out to all the heroes that stepped forward yesterday. I mean, I'm hearing these stories of incredible, just adults comforting children. That happened everywhere across Kansas City yesterday. And And of course it was private citizens
3: who wrestled the uh, alleged
4: suspects to the
3: ground in this case too, Dave. On a lighter note, it seems as if the um, parade came across the new Buck O'Neill Bridge. They all gathered at the old downtown airport and came up that bridge. Uh, And on Thursday, the first part of the old Buck O'Neill Bridge was exploded and brought into the river. Uh, For those of us of a certain age to see that, uh, the triple-humped bridge come down was quite a sight. Pete.
1: I'll end it on, uh, I guess, the ultimate lighter note, given the stories this week. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I've seen a lot of bad late-night drunk karaoke, but gosh, that Friends in Low Places that he delivered to the crowd on uh, Wednesday was the worst rendition of any song I've heard. Uh, if he goes Hollywood, I would suggest he'd leave himself out of any singing lines.
0: <laughs> and sadly, of course, all of that footage, all of those joyous moments, the things that people yes. remember, were suddenly just vanished because of everything that happened later. And that's very, very unfortunate, which is why we didn't see all of those glorious scenes on this program this week. And on that, we will say our week has been reviewed courtesy of Mary Sanchez from the Kansas City PBS newsroom Flatland and 6 to 10 weekdays on 95.7 FM KCMO. Pete Mundo from KCUR News, Brian and former Star Newsman Dave Helling. And I'm Nick Haynes from all of us here at Kansas City PBS. Be well, keep calm, and carry on.